Welcome to the Talent Acquisition Innovators Radio, the podcast for talent acquisition aficionados, HR lovers, and the recruitment connoisseurs out there looking to get inspired and challenge traditional approaches to hiring. Here, we'll discuss the ins and outs of the recruitment process, engaging fresh talent, managing tough internal hiring dilemmas, and of course, the future of talent acquisition. I'm your host, Adri Smith from Recruity. I'll be quizzing the experts, asking the burning questions, and of course, bringing you great guests each episode. By the end of every episode, we'll offer a few hypotheticals and of course, tips to take back to your team and workplace. So welcome, Charlie. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. Can you give a short introduction to you? Yeah, of course. Well, uh, uh, thank you for being here. My name is Charlie, currently working as a corporate recruiter at Mirabal. And I'm 29 years old, living in Amsterdam for three years now. This year is going to be my uh, fifth year of uh, anniversary uh, in recruitment. So in September 2019, I'm five years a recruiter. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah, of course, uh, you know that this podcast is also about sharing knowledge. And yeah. I think we spoke really briefly about respect and uh, generating buy-in. Why do you think that this is such an important topic and why do you want to share your knowledge on this? Well, there are a couple of reasons. First of all, when I started in uh, Mirabeau in Feb 2019, mm-hmm. I noticed that hiring managers weren't that positive about recruitment. They were like, okay, yeah, you're a recruiter, so everybody can do that job and um, it's quite easy to do. And it was more like we were an assistant department, but I think recruitment is one of the most important departments of, uh, of the company. So I listened to what they had to say and uh, then I tried to get in touch with them and try to explain why recruitment is so important and why the cooperation between the business, so the hiring managers and the teams, and the recruitment team is so important. For example, I mean, uh, is that uh, I just had a talk with with one of the hiring managers and he was like, yeah, uh, I know all you guys recruiters and you are all cowboys and you're trying to yeah get other people in on a very sneaky way. And I was like, yeah, yeah, those kind of recruiters are there as well. But I think if we get to sit down together and see what you're looking for in a candidate, a new candidate, a new colleague, and whatever it is that you uh, want to speak out to me and what I want to know, uh, let's see if we can set the expectations and manage those expectations and make sure that we get the right candidate in the right place with the right strategy. So I always say we do it together. So I need your input, but you also need my input. And like I said, when I started in, uh, in Mirabeau, I was only the business who were telling me, you have to do this, you have to do that. You, And I was more like, okay, I understand that, but let's see what we can do together because I need you as well. <laughs> so there was a thing that I was, okay, recruitment is, uh, is not so important. They think it's not so important, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, we made it. We turned it around mm-hmm. and, and now they see uh, recruitment is very important and we work together very easily, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned this kind of perception of recruiters yeah. as cowboys. And yeah. I think it's very well known that, you know, recruiters don't have the best name across the business. Yeah, true. Where does that come from and how can you overcome it? 
where does it come from? It comes from uh, recruiters, uh, I think, that have uh, high targets. Mm -hmm. So uh, when there is a manager who's constantly telling you, if you're working with an agency, that you have to call more, uh, send out more in-mails, send out more emails, get in touch with more candidates, get in touch with more, more companies, that you will do whatever it takes to get your targets, to get your goals. If you ignore it, yeah, maybe you, you will lose your job, but if you ignore it, then just go easily and just, well, how I always do it, um, for example, I've been working with an agency as well. And then I called a company that, that didn't know and then said, hey, you're a recruiter, I don't need you, uh, please never call me again. And I was like, okay, yes, I'm a recruiter, but let's take it one step back. I'm a human being and you are as well. So let's talk as humans and not as a recruiter and a manager or a owner of a company. Well, let's just have a quick talk and see where, uh, where it ends. And then people were, okay, yeah, I'm relaxed. And I also tell a lot about myself. So my former colleagues were also always like, why are you telling that you're 29, where you're living, that you have, that you like football? I was like, yeah, when I sh uh, share some personal details, people think, oh, okay, he's quite a nice guy or he's just a normal person who try to try to do his job. And then they don't see me as a recruiter, but they see me as Charlie. And of course, Charlie is a recruiter, but um, yeah, they see it more like uh, having a chit chat. And I've been working for three and a half years with Star Apple, mm -hmm. my former company. And it was it is a recruitment agency in IT, and um, I didn't have that much problems with getting in new new companies, new clients, or new candidates. But wherever I come, people say, oh, did you last it for, how did you last it for three and a half years at an agency? And I was like, yeah, I just did my job and was being different than other people. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So you mentioned kind of this like human connection that they yeah. knew Charlie rather than the recruiter. And I think that's particularly true in an agency environment. It's yeah. very important to establish that human connection. Yeah. But let's just say, for instance, in an in-house context mm -hmm. where you already have the human connection with your uh, hiring managers yeah. and your colleagues, etc. Um, there are still sometimes some problems in terms of generating internal buy-in mm -hmm. into the recruitment process. Yeah. What are those obstacles that you have to overcome? Uh, like I said, the pers uh, perspective of perception of uh, recruitment. Yeah. So uh, hiring managers have a different thoughts, have different thoughts about recruitment. So you have to overcome that. And then I think you have to just cooperate and you just have to show you what, what you've got. I just always tell, okay, we're going to build a strategy. We'll start with zero. Uh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to search on LinkedIn. I'm going to host an event. Uh, I'm going to try and see if we can host a webinar. I know there is an event in wherever. Uh, let's see if we can get some tickets in to go there as well. And then we all got these options to look for new candidates. And like I said before, I just always say, okay, I need you. I need you on this. If I got a good candidate uh, and I spoke with the candidate and he's interested in working with Mirabel, I'll give you a call or 
will come to your desk. It depends on, on which location I'm working. And we have to schedule an interview as soon as possible. Because you said that you need people. Let's make sure that we get the people who are interested in Mirabal. Let's get them in. <laughs> yeah, then you're working closely together. And I set up a call every week. So just to say, okay, we have like 50 people trying to connect with 50 people on LinkedIn. And 30 of them accepted my LinkedIn request. Let's see if you can connect with them as well. Uh, so then they get a, a connection from the recruiter. They accepted that. And then they also get a connection with uh, request from uh, the hiring manager. <laughs> then people will know, okay, so first Charlie checked my profile and he wanted to connect with me on LinkedIn. And now this guy is trying from the same company. So Charlie definitely talked with him. And then you see that candidates are more flattered or more enthusiastic about, okay, they are really serious. It's not just the recruiter who just wants to add them to the network, mm -hmm. but they really are interested in my profile. And that's one of the things that we do at, at Mirabeau and it works. Yeah. Yeah. So this collaborative kind of this uh, tag teaming it with yeah. the, the hiring manager really helps build your credibility as well with the yeah. candidate. Yeah. And um, are there ever any kind of barriers to internal buy-in on a more systemic level? So i.e. like the processes don't add up that hiring managers also, I think a very common one is that they don't have time. Yeah. Um, how do you kind of confront that issue? Yeah, just say it. Then we're just going to go back to the first step where we set together and set our goals and look to the strategy. And I always say, just be honest with me. Uh, if you don't have the time, please say it. If you don't have the time, I will see if someone else from your team can do the interview or with me or alone or whatever. But yeah, I think that everybody, certainly within Mirabeau, everybody knows there's a war on talent going on. So. We all know that, uh, that we have to uh, be in a hurry and that we have to, okay, then you do skip another meeting, but you have to see this guy or this girl. So being honest and just telling each other and keep updating each other, mm -hmm. that's a big thing. So you mentioned goal setting as well. I think yeah. that's a kind of interesting tool to use in this kind of generating internal buy-in because yeah. I think that's probably one of your best uh, touch points with hiring managers. Yeah. What do you do exactly in these goal setting meetings? Are there any like tools that you use to kind of help uh, process this or any standard uh, procedures that you use? Yeah, yeah, not necessarily uh, tools, but more like uh, what you're saying is uh, that we uh, have the same goal. And the same goal is that we have to get a new colleague as quickly as possible. But how do we do that? And then we say, okay, uh, for example, if uh, uh, an hiring manager said to me, okay, it's May now, Charlie, I need someone to start in June. I will tell him, okay, it's almost impossible, except when I find someone who is without a job now. So then it's possible. But keep in mind that if you want to hire someone, you have to think about that, that someone can start in two or three months from now. So keep that in mind. And if that's okay, then we can just make sure that we, uh, we uh, do the best we can to get in touch with the right candidate. And like I said, then we're just making a strategy. They're not 
Now I'm thinking about tools. Not so much. No. Now sometimes the hiring manager says, okay, I would like to see uh, 20 candidates by the end of the month or the end of the week. And then we can see if they're realistic or not, just to based on uh, experience. the experience uh, and candidates that are uh, available at the moment. <laughs> so I think also another facet of uh, what we briefly spoke about was kind of changing this external perception of recruitment. And obviously that's kind of the external part of generating buy-in. Mm-hmm. I know you're very active in terms of personal branding yeah. and getting yourself out there. You organize events. Yeah. Uh, you're quite active online. Yeah. What is it about this changing your external brand that recruiters should be interested about? Well, I'm trying to be visible mm-hmm. uh, and I'm trying to be uh, an ambassador for the company. I really believe in, uh, well, they call it uh, employee branding uh, these days, uh, but I also believe in personal branding, cultural branding. So I just wanted to show the people who I am and uh, that the job that I have is quite fun (laughs) and that working with Mirabeau is really fun. I'm just trying to show that making videos, uh, writing blogs, uh, posting, uh, photos, uh, updates on LinkedIn, like almost daily. <laughs> and I think that is, it's not that you can sit and wait, that you can post a, a vacancy and you wait for people to, yeah, send, the re- yeah, send the resume. It's not working that anymore. So you have to get out there and, um, sometimes people just come to me and say, Hey, I have heard about you from someone on LinkedIn and uh, I saw that you are working with Mirabeau. I'm not looking for a job in IT, but can you please help me with something else? Yeah, cool. That It's not that I can help Mirabeau with that, but I can help the person. Yeah. It's funny though, because all recruiters that I ever met are, uh, well, there are a few, I think there are like four or five that uh, have the same as I have. When I finished my school in 2014, I studied sports management, so something completely different. But I thought, okay, there's no job in sports management. What am I going to do now? So I asked myself two questions. Where am I good at? And what do I like to do? So I thought, okay, I like to help people. And I think I'm quite good with communication, marketing, and sales. So I thought, okay, I will be a recruiter and I will be helping people to get a new job. And my first thoughts were to do that by uh, Young Capital because I was just not a student anymore, but it was, yeah, Mm -hmm. I was like 25. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, that's maybe a cool group of people to work with. And then they said, okay, you have to go work with uh, with Star Apple in my first interview at Young Capital. So they sent me to to Star Apple, but I really wanted to be a recruiter because I really wanted to help people. And of course, in the last five years, recruitment has changed a lot. I think it's become a a real profession. It's quite funny as well to to see that you're still having so much fun and I'm so dedicated to help people, even if I can't hire hire them at Mirabeau. But that's the plus side of being very active online. So... You started with uh, talking a little bit about visibility, becoming an ambassador, whether it's for your company or 
yourself yeah. as a recruiter. Yeah. For people who haven't yet done this, where did you start? How would you recommend um, other people start? I started with writing uh, because I really love writing. Mm -hmm. So I just wrote different kind of vacancies. I wrote different blogs on LinkedIn. Uh, I started blogging for Star Apple. Uh, I started uh, writing on uh, updates on uh, on LinkedIn, and I got a little confidence because people were telling me, "Okay, I I like the way you were writing," and then it was more like, "Okay, just go for it." So there's a new thing going on in recruitment world. It's calling video, mm -hmm. <laughs> making videos. And first I was like, oh my God, I do not want to see myself on a video. And then I was like, okay, I'll just do it once. And I thought, okay, who cares? It's not that I like it to watch myself, but I know it's, it helps. So now I think, okay, just let's go for it. Just do it. And don't worry about what other people are thinking of you or have an opinion about you. Just go for it and sell the job or sell the company or tell the story that you want to tell. Um, so I think that's the, the same with personal branding. Uh, of course, you have all kinds of steps that you can take. And, but I think that just try it and go for it and figure out what fits you because can imagine that you think, okay, I do not want a camera. I don't want to be on a video. Uh, but then start writing or make cool videos or videos of other people. So you can also interview, uh, for example, a, a colleague that can tell something about a job or something like that. Yeah, just, just go for it and do it. I'm a very big believer in this because I think, especially when things like blogging, mm -hmm. uh, videos, etc., I think it's yeah. definitely one of those things that, yeah, of course, the first product is not going to be your best product, no, no, no. but it's not for very many people. So no. you might as well just put it out there and see what happens and yeah. uh, see how people respond, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and you can uh, learn from the way that you do it. Yeah. So if you see my first video, it will be definitely well, I know the mic wasn't on or something like that. It was uh, very crowded and I was like, oh my God. So now I know that I have to be in a quiet place to, to, uh, to make a video. Yeah. So what do you think is going to be the, the future for personal branding for recruiters and generating that external buy-in into yeah. the recruitment business? I wouldn't say that it's just only for recruiters. I think it's for everybody <laughs> because the market is so big. You have so many recruiters, but you have so many IT people, designers. For example, designers have their own portfolio. I see personal branding as a sort of portfolio. So when I post something online, I know, okay, people will see this and will remember it or forget it, forget about it. But they, if they hear the name Charlie, they think, oh, that's the guy on LinkedIn. Everybody should do it but in their own way, in the way that you feel comfortable. But yeah, in the end, if you keep repeating and uh, repeating, repeating, people will know that. So there's a guy on LinkedIn who's posting every Friday, mm. a video of, in Dutch, it's Vette Vacature Friday, something <laughs> like Cool Vacancy Friday. Okay, so That's cool. the name of his vlog. And he's posting that every Friday. and. 
it's really simple, but because it's Friday, I'm like, okay, on LinkedIn, hey, I know, it's, uh, I'm going to see a video of him today because it's Friday. So that's something to think about. I don't know the guy, but I recognize him from the yeah. videos. And I think that that's quite important for, well, like I said, a recruiter in, uh, in every kind of branch, but, or uh, I think you see a lot of people are making videos, updates, and show their vacancies, but it's just, do you like it or do, don't, don't you like it? Well, and the good thing about LinkedIn in particular is you can see if people like it or not. Yeah, so you yeah, can start testing different things. True that. True so that. my last question to you, I know you uh, do quite quite a lot of video. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of uh, recruiters struggle with video, not only because I think people don't really like to see themselves on camera, yeah. but I think the bigger barrier is actually setting it up themselves. Mm -hmm. how, how, what's your current setup for this? I believe in videos that are authentic. Yep. So sometimes I make a video and then show it to my girlfriend and then she said, oh, you should have uh, uh, take away this or there's something in the background and she's really into the details and I'm like, oh my God, I forgot that. Uh, but yeah, still post it online. People are not seeing the details, but yeah, that's quite, quite funny to see. I just make my own videos in iMovie. Very easy. I uh, just got my video, uh, have a landscape mode. So turn the iPhone and then um, go for it. Make some different videos just to see, okay, which one is good. Add some background noises and uh, yeah, all good. Yeah, very easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, editing is uh, like 15 or 30 minutes. Okay. To do that, this so um, yeah, that's quite easy to do. Cool. Yeah. Well, I think the moral of the story is uh, just to go for it, right? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, just like uh, Nike always said, just do it. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, uh, Charlie, and uh, hopefully have you back soon. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for for being here. It was very cool. Thanks again for joining us on the Talent Acquisition Innovators Radio. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and of course, if you did, feel free to share it on LinkedIn, Twitter. Facebook, wherever you're most active. And if you'd like to be updated on when our next podcast is going to be released, you can sign up at blog.recruity.com slash podcast. See you in the next one.